Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK on a Wednesday. Matt Catrillo here with you in the producer chair, filling in for Sean Carey as he continues his week off. He'll be back next week. Our thanks to Chris Elio for filling in yesterday and Monday. We'll have Chad Hirschberger in the producer chair tomorrow, and then I'll be back on Friday to close out the week with Steve. Awaiting Steve from the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. You can follow the show on Twitter at Steve Jones PSU. We're at Steve Jones Show on Facebook and also at SteveJonesShow.com for all of your latest Penn State and sports news and updates and also our show archives as well. You can also download the show archives as well on Apple and and Google Play as well, so you can check all that out from SteveJonesShow.com. And a lot of good college football talk yesterday with Bob Buter in the studio with Steve and also with Chris. And we found out last night the latest, the last set of college football playoff rankings before the big announcement of who will go to the college football playoffs. That will come up on Sunday night. And, of course, we'll find out Penn State's bowl fate as well as Steve talked about during the show open. As we know, the top four right now, Georgia sneaks in as the number four seed and knocking out Michigan after Ohio State just pummeled Michigan at home last week. And Georgia, of course, gets the win, so they get into the fourth spot right now. Top three still the same, Alabama, Clemson, and Notre Dame all at 12-0. Then Oklahoma and Ohio State are 5-6. and six. Ohio State jumping up four spots after their big thumping of Michigan. But then it's Michigan 7, UCF moves up one spot to eighth. Of course, there's a big debate there. Undefeated, still maybe not getting the respect that they think they deserve. Florida 9, LSU 10, Washington 11, Penn State is 12, and Washington State is 13. So I'll stop it there because as we've seen the talk before, Penn State fans wanting to maybe see Penn State ahead of Washington, but because they are ahead of Washington State at least, they're in the middle of those two Pac-12 teams. You have Washington and Utah battling for the Pac-12 championship this Friday night. So the winner of that game is going to the Rose Bowl. That we know for sure. And that and being Penn State at staying at the twelfth spot right now at nine and three, that'll give Penn State a pretty much a pretty good chance, almost a lock, I would say, at this point, to at least get a berth into a New Year's six bowl. Um, so we'll see where that all lays out. Looking at that currently, ESPN.com just put out a little bit of a projection of who can go where. And right now, Penn State at number twelve is slated in to head to Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta for the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl to face LSU, which would actually be my guess based on where things are currently in the college football playoff rankings. So we'll see if that ends up being that way. 
The Fiesta Bowl could be a, a slight possibility as well. Right now, Michigan and UCF are slated to play that game. And the All-State Sugar Bowl, of course, is a possibility too. Right now, Oklahoma and Florida are slated to play that one. The Peach Bowl, should Penn State play in that game, would be at noon, Saturday, December 29th. If Penn State were to play in the Fiesta Bowl or the Sugar Bowl, that would be on New Year's Day. The Fiesta Bowl is at 1, and the Sugar Bowl is at 8.45. Now, just going back to what we talked about, what other scenarios could we see this week based on what happens in the conference championship games? With Ohio, Ohio State is really the key here in this. I, I don't think Georgia wins against Alabama in the SEC championship game. And so if that's the case, I think that'll give a shot for, of course, Oklahoma and Ohio State. Oklahoma is in the best spot, as Kirk Herbstreit talked about last night when the rankings were revealed. Oklahoma basically just needs a win and a Georgia loss, I think, to get in to the college football playoff to that number four spot if they were to beat Texas in the rematch of the Red River rivalry for the Big 12 championship. That'll be Saturday. So if they win, they know they just need probably one Georgia loss and they're in, I'm thinking. But if uh, Ohio State nice. wins, and if Ohio State is able to win and they get a loss from Oklahoma yeah. and Georgia, maybe they sneak in, Steve. So this is going to be yeah. really interesting to watch. Those three teams are on my radar come Friday night and Saturday when this all shakes out for the college football playoff. Ohio State will know when they play what the deal is because Oklahoma's game with Texas will be over. Right. And the Georgia game with Alabama will be over. So they will know when they take the field what the deal is. Now, they'll take on Northwestern. Northwestern's a huge underdog. Dave Ennett, the play-by-play voice of Northwestern, will be on our show tomorrow. Awesome. So we're looking forward to having Dave on the show. Uh, And I think we're in line, I believe, to get Dave Jones in. Uh, tomorrow as well from the Patriot News. Uh, now, I'm not sure if Northwestern has much of a chance in that game, too, but how do you see that, Steve? Let's give them credit. They have figured out how to be um, in every game. That's true, and they they have been very competitive yeah. this year against some good teams. I'll, I'll give them that, including Notre Dame, too. <sighs> Yeah, uh, I mean, that's the oddity. They lost all three of their non-conference games, all at home. They lost all three of them. Lost to Akron, lost to Duke, lost to Notre Dame. All at home. And they had chances to win all three of those games, too. I mean, figure that out. Yeah. Uh, They played Rutgers. Rutgers beat them 18-15. to That I'll never understand. Uh, I'm sorry, Northwestern beat Rutgers 18-15. to But again, Rutgers just played Michigan State, and Michigan State won 14-10. to So I don't know. <laughs> Did Rutgers right. get that much better? I have no idea. They played I mean, Penn State Penn... tough, too. Yeah, I mean, but I never once, I mean, did you sit back and think Penn State was threatened? No, not really. It's just that Penn State <laughs> no. was, had their own struggles, too, that kept, them, that kept Rutgers yeah. in the game. But I mean, the, the, but Northwestern beat Rutgers 18-15. So they, but this is also the same Northwestern team that led, hey, they led Michigan 17 to nothing. So I, you know, they're going to have to play a perfect game to do it. Their running game is okay. It's not great. 
Uh, Thorson is terrific. I've really, I've always liked Clayton Thorson. Always have. Um, but he's going to have to have a game and a half. Defensively, the linebackers, Gallagher and Fisher, are both really, really good. Really good. But they're going to have to play a perfect game. I will say this. If Thorson gets time, even though the receivers for Northwestern are pretty much in the average range, to be fair, they are not great receivers. But if Thorson has a little bit of time against Ohio State, their linebackers and secondary, he will be able to, in some ways, pick them apart. But he needs time. If Chase Young is in his face, he won't have that kind of time. <laughs> if Draymond Jones is in his face, he's not going to have that kind of time. If, if Ohio State ends up owning the line of scrimmage, then you have then there's going to be an issue. Yeah, it's if over. They own yeah. the, if, they, if they own the line of scrimmage, then it is game set and match. So. That's pretty simple. <laughs> but yep. then again, that's how that's how I do things. <laughs> I, I lead the league in pretty simple, Matt. I lead the league in pretty simple. But we're going to have Dave at it on the show tomorrow. I'm trying to confirm Dave Jones here, too, see if we can get Dave on as well. Oh, cool. Uh, and we are going to get Dave on the show tomorrow, which is good. You know, I, I know Dave, Dave is interesting because Dave, Dave is, to me, a brilliant writer. Everybody's like, oh, you know, how well do you two guys get? We got along great. I've always because I like and respect Dave. I like and respect him a lot. I like I like him personally, and I, I've always respected him. So, uh, let's see. I'm just going to text him back here. Uh, how about okay? Good. Lock him in. There we go. So lock him in. Whew. Doesn't say a lot of nice things about the suit, though. Oh, well. Uh, it just makes him an average guest. All right, so. Uh... <laughs> what? Who was in the building today? He is. He is in the building today. I was just talking yeah. to him a little while ago, breaking down some Shikolumbi basketball because they're in District 11 this year, so we were looking at some of those things before I came on the air with you. So what's the big difference with District 11? What, were they in District 4 before? Yes. it's um, Okay. There's only so, there's only two teams in Shigalami's in five A for for District Four. Uh, there's only two five okay. A teams in District Four. Them in Shigalami uh, and Sealands Grove. So they both have to play in District Eleven this year. So that is wow. going to be a very tough go for both teams, really, but especially for Shigalami. So the suit's already building in excuses. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Is that any way to go about your job? <laughs> What are you doing? Well, I built in some excuses. <laughs> Why don't you just go play? <laughs> just go play. See how it goes. Go play. No. It's not the way to do it. So I was just checking. Uh, well, so, so in other words, who would they not play this year that they would play before? Or who would they play this year that they haven't played? Who would they not play that they traditionally have played? Well, 
teams that they would probably normally wouldn't play. Um, I don't I don't have the schedule in front of me. I'll have to look it up. But okay. you're probably gonna be. I, you'll I'll have to look it up. But I, I'll probably be facing okay. teams that are like in Schuylkill County area. I'm just guessing. I'm gonna I'll pull it up real quick. Ooh, that's a lot of traveling for you know who. Also, reason why he's not too thrilled. You know, everything in life can't be exactly the way you want it. Does he know that? Or has he just had everything his own way his entire life, and because of that, this is what we get? <laughs> I'm just asking. I mean, I mean, have you had everything the way you wanted? Definitely not. Have you whined about it? No. Of course not, because you're Matt Catrillo. I mean, you get it. <laughs> okay? You get it. All right, so I have Chickalumbi's schedule. So we, they open up against Midwest. Is they, they have, they're, host, they're hosting okay. a uh, holiday or um, a tip-off tournament. That's uh, right. on the 7th That's cool. next week. So they got they still have Jersey Shore. Let's see, they're at Minersville. Uh, I guess really it's just my, so I, I guess it's really just Minersville for now. Other than that, they're playing the teams that they normally face. But then when it comes to playoff time, I think is when they'll be playing the uh, district, the district eleven teams. So we're panicking about something that's happening in February and March. That would be correct, I guess. What kind of operation is this? <laughs> I guess he's just trying to beat the punch to what he thinks may be the inevitable. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> the inevitable. <laughs> it's our guy. We'll oh. see. They got to play the games. We'll see. Yeah. How about that? Let's just play the games and see how it goes. All right. I agree with you. I Look, when Ohio State takes the field, they are going to know what the deal is to, as to what they have to do. Does Oklahoma atone for the loss to Texas and win? Did they do it convincingly? I'm I'm still oh. going to say no. I think Texas still plays them pretty tough. No, I'm just saying I'm I'm laying out a scenario. Okay, okay, okay. If they do if they do that, now okay, now what does Ohio State think they need to do to Northwestern? Do they feel like they need to bludgeon them? I don't know. All right. Uh we will have Dave Jones on the show tomorrow. We'll have Dave Ennett on the show tomorrow. We have picks coming up on Friday. Holiday party is a week from tonight. Can you look at that schedule one more time? Yeah, I'll bring it back up. Okay. Tell me they got a game on December fifth. They don't. The, the opening game is the seventh. Oh. Is that uh, that Friday? So he will be there. Just, no, just move the thing up. Something <laughs> schedule. Schedule a scrimmage. Something. Oh. Trying to figure out a way for all of us to have a good time. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Who likes camping out for deals? You don't have to at Sunbury Motors Kia. It's 
the Black Friday sales event going on now through the end of the month at Sunbury Motors Kia. Before, before you buy, buy give Kia, Kia a try. With bonus cash before you begin your holiday adventures. Before you buy, give Kia a try. With $3,500 off on a 2019 Kia Sorento V6. Before you buy, give Kia a try. With many models to choose from under 20 grand. That's right, drive away in a brand new vehicle for under 20 grand, including a 2018 Kia Rio for as low as $14,977. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. While you don't have to camp out for these deals, you do want to hurry because they won't last long at Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Tax and tags extra. Offer expires 113018. All rebates included. Restrictions apply. Warranty is limited powertrain warranty. For details, see retailer or go to Kia.com. Get your fill of laughs this Friday when the Front Street Station and the Fun Size Comedy Showcase present the Comedy Kings. Tickets are just $10 to enjoy the show featuring LaMare Lee, Ben Hartman, and Joshua Dway. On stage at the Front Street at 9 p.m. Enjoy dinner before the show and get your tickets for half price with your meal voucher. This is a 21 and up show. Take a break from the holiday hustle and bustle and get some laughs this Friday at 9 at the Front Street Station. Number 2 Front Street, Northumberland, a railroad eatery. This is Helen Walter, president of the Sealands Grove Area Chamber of Commerce, inviting you to celebrate the season in Sealands Grove. Join us Saturday, December 1st for our Family Fun Day, kicking off with the Santa Sprint 5K race at 9 a.m., followed by the stocking, decorating, and stuffing event for kids beginning at 10, and our famous Santa Pets Parade at 2. Late Shoppers Night is the following Tuesday, December 4th. Bring the kids in your camera because Santa will be on hand from 4 to 8 in an antique carriage with a petting zoo beside the Sealands Grove Inn. Carriage rides begin at 7 in the Commons where chestnuts will be roasting and hot cider simmering. And of course, there will be shopping until 11. Shop local, dine well, and stay late to discover Sealands Grove. Brought to you by All Saints Episcopal Church, The Country Squire, Flip Salon and Spa, Gracie's Flowers and Gifts, Miller Insurance Agency, Northumberland National Bank, Sealands Grove Brewing Company, Shady Pines Primitives, and Wicked Dog Grill. There are three things every homeowner wants their home to be. Smarter, safer, and more fun. What if I told you you could do all three in one product? Introducing the OneLink Safe and Sound, a hardwired smart smoke and carbon monoxide alarm with a premium home speaker and Amazon Alexa voice assistant in one sleek device. Built with first alert safety technology and providing an immersive, great sound experience, the Safe and Sound elevates any home. Learn more at onelink.firstalert.com. That's onelink.firstalert.com. All right, Bucknell's got a big one coming up tonight in Eagle 107. They got Northeastern after that great win they had at Patrick Gymnasium up in uh, Burlington when they beat Vermont rallying in the second half to win. And then they got Monmouth coming up this weekend as well. The Nittany Lion basketball team had a really big one last night, beat Virginia Tech at the Jordan Center. Virginia Tech came in ranked 13th in the country. They were nine in the initial net rankings. And they were also nine in the Ken Palm rankings. And you know, I, even though the NCAA doesn't use Ken Palm, uh, you know, Dick Girardi and I put a lot of stock in it. That was a big win for Penn State last night. They got Mike Watkins back last night. Watkins had only had two points, he only took sh- two shots, but he had seven rebounds, three block shots, two steals. And you could just see and feel like the team felt whole again. And. John Hera last night uh, I felt that John Hera 
Mike being back allowed John to relax. You know, it's don't put so much pressure on yourself that you've got to go out there and you've got to perform and you've got to fill that five spot. And I can't get in foul trouble because if I do, it's going to hurt the team. He relaxed last night. He got in there. He got he mixed it up. He got on the floor. You know, and Penn State got almost, not all, but got almost every loose ball on the floor last night. They played brilliant defensively. Virginia Tech's a very good defensive team, too. They both played well defensively. But for Penn State, you know, Bill Parcells talks about over the years, when you get a big win, you're trying to get pelts. How many pelts can you get? Well, I can tell you right now, Penn State got a pelt last night. That was a big win for them last night. All right, second half hour of the show coming up. Looking forward to it. Great to have Matt Catrillo alongside today. Meanwhile, you know who's in the building putting out fires. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Great to have you with us today on the Wednesday edition. Tonight, Northeastern and Bucknell at Soika tonight. And that will be on Eagle 107 with Doug Birdsong. And uh, then they have Monmouth coming up this weekend. Wrestling Friday night, Penn State and Bucknell at Soika. Again, you know, it's... uh, Kale Sanderson, of course, he knows he has the best show on the mat, and he takes it everywhere because he knows it benefits everybody else. It benefits Bucknell that he's that he's going to Soika. It benefited Utah Valley State when he went out there. He was trying to help save the program at Boston University when he went up there. It didn't work out. Boston University still dropped wrestling. But that was... For Bucknell, this is incredible. I mean, to bring Penn State in... Friday night, they will have to shoehorn people in for the stool meet. Big week for Bucknell all around with the two big basketball games and then the wrestling Friday night. Absolutely. And again, this is great for Bucknell sports. And the fact that Kale wants to do this is not just great for Bucknell, it's also great for the state that he's doing it. He sees the big picture. He understands and gets the big picture, whether it's on a 
world stage or on a national collegiate stage. He gets it. He knows that his team is the show, and he's willing to take the show anywhere because it makes the sport better. There will be people that will be thrilled beyond words that they are in the building. That's coming up on Friday night. Then they have Lehigh, by the way, here at Rec Hall coming up on Sunday. Uh, back to basketball. Uh, what Penn State did last night, that was a great win. It's the first time Patrick Chambers has had his team available to him. It made a difference last night. And in fact, it made a big difference last night for Penn State because it gave them several options as to how to play the game. If you notice, for example, in the first half, Trent Buttrick, who had been filling in at the five spot, was now able to come in and spell Lamar Stevens for a couple of minutes at the four, which is what he was supposed to be doing from the outset of the season. Well, he comes in the game, he knocks down a three. Bloomsburg kid, by the way. Knocks down a three, big shot, gave Lamar Stevens some rest. On the second half, Lamar didn't come out. It just was one of those games where you got to look at who you're horse is, and you say, you know what? you got to keep riding the horse. You know, Lamar Stevens was that. Stevens played a brilliant game last night. They were doubling and tripling him, and he kept making really good decisions. Getting the ball out of the post to open shooters. Myron Jones, the freshman. I have watched him so often knock down shots in practice. And I, I remember I said to Pat, we were talking about this, and I said to Pat, I said, you know, I said, the difference between Myron Jones that I watch in practice and the Myron Jones I see in games is that in a game, it seems like he's trying to play 80 miles per hour. I said, in practice, he's trying to play at 30 miles an hour. He said, that's the big difference. Yeah, and you could see last night, he, he, he just he hit that first shot. It just seemed to relax him. He had 18 points last night. I also said yesterday on the show that if Penn State, the three freshmen, I said if the three freshmen could combine for 25 points last night, and I said that on the show yesterday, I said it would make a huge difference. Well, Miles Dredd didn't score a point. Yet he contributed in other ways, but he didn't score a point. And he was, Rasir Bolton had 11. Jones had 18. So in the end, the freshmen combined for 29. Big difference. And what a confidence boost that is, too, getting back to Myron Jones, Steve. Six of six from the floor, five of five from beyond the arc, and that was in the first 14 of his 18 minutes. Yeah. Against a quality opponent, too. 
against a quality opponent when they needed it. Now, it's going to be a little exciting for him, by the way, at the end of the month, by the way. He's a Birmingham kid. Penn State's going to be playing at Tuscaloosa. Oh, that's right. Wow. Yeah. That, you know. Uh, that's later, though. And my other takeaway, uh, too, T, Steve, for Penn State last night, defensively, being able to grind out a win against a team like Virginia Tech, especially late, they have to they get the three to go up by three, and then they have to grind it out and get that last-second defensive effort to, to pull out the win. They held Virginia Tech to, like, 44% shooting, even though they were hot from beyond the arc. So I think that's, that's something to build on, too, for Penn State, the fact that they were oh. able to grind it out defensively against a good team this early in the season. Well, to be honest with you, Matt, I mean, that's the way Pat Chambers has always wanted to play. He has always wanted to play that way. He's always wanted to have the team that dove on the floor to get the ball. You know, and I thought, first of all, let, let me start with this. I thought Virginia Tech played very hard last night. I thought they played very hard last night. And I think, you know, and, but Penn State actually played a little bit harder than they did. I think that made a big difference. It seemed like Penn State got to almost every loose ball last night. That's what I was impressed by. I thought Penn State got to almost every loose ball last night. And it made a huge difference because that's the way Pat wants to play. So, big win for them last night to win that game, get it done. Uh, you need to pick up wins like that along the way. The difference it makes, you can't put a price on it because it was a huge difference for them. Uh, it, and it's it's one of those wins that has an opportunity uh, you know, especially at home too. Yeah, no, it'll help because they obviously got another big game with Indiana here next week. Nine of the last 12 games against ranked opponents they've won at Bryce Jordan Center for Penn State. I mean, look, it's again, having the full team there makes all the difference in the world. Makes all the difference in the world. Uh, getting Watkins back gave them a full team. Right, and that that to me was big. So, um, Penn State now will play at Maryland. Maryland plays Virginia tonight. Maryland is undefeated right now; they're ranked twenty fourth. But actually, in the Ken Palm rankings, Penn State right now is thirty seven, and Maryland's thirty three. So, actually, in the Ken Palm rankings, are very very close. So and that's also interesting. Very, very close. I don't think people realize how close they are in the Kempom rankings right now. Uh, and, uh, yeah. If they can win this game on the road, Steve, Saturday, they got a chance to get on a run because you have Indiana at home, which I think they can win. Then you have Colgate at home. Saturday the 8th, which is a good team. Saw them against Bucknell last year, of course. They played Bucknell in the Patriot League Championship game, but that's I think, is a winnable game. And then you have the uh, the Boardwalk Classic in Atlantic City, where I think they can win. I would think all those games, the toughest one being Alabama, I, I would think, out of that group. 
Yeah, and I, you know, and I agree. I mean, it's, uh, you know, look, the line out of the movie Miracle that uh, Kurt Russell playing the role of Herb Brooks, it fits this stretch that Penn State's in right now. Great moments are born from great opportunity. Well, Penn State has great opportunity tonight, or, you know, last night, took advantage of it. They got great opportunity on Saturday. They got great opportunity on Tuesday. So they've got this stretch of three games here where it's opportunity, check, check, then another opportunity, then another opportunity. Then you got Colgate, then you've got NC State. Then you've got to play at Duquesne. Then you've got to play at Alabama. They've got a lot of opportunity here to build a resume if they can check more boxes. And that's going to be the key for them, the ability to check more boxes. And can they check more boxes along the way? And that's what it's going to come down to. Can they do that? We're going to find out. Ryan, that Alabama game is December the 21st. My bad. My bad there. Just the one game oh, at yeah. Atlantic City. Oh. Oh yeah, the yeah, the one game in Atlantic City. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, the Alabama game is at nine o'clock at night on a Friday <laughs> before <Yep>. Christmas. <laughs> Sitting there like, oh, oh, because when it first came up, I was like, okay, Friday. Well, it's Friday before Christmas. Maybe the game will be like five o'clock. No, <laughs> it's nine o'clock. It's on the SEC network. I'm like, oh, yeah, if Alabama yeah. didn't make that run towards the. Uh, Towards the tournament last year, perhaps maybe you would have got that five o'clock start. Well, yeah. I, who knows? It, TV determines everything, and it's an oh, SEC. It's an SEC home game. It's their network. That's when they want to put them on. I got it. But I, I looked at Dick. I said nine o'clock. Are you kidding me? Now it's eight o'clock Central Time. But still, <laughs> it's still nine o'clock. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, it's still nine o'clock at night. Yeah. Brutal. But you go on the air when they tell you you're going to go on the air. So yep. you just go go from there. And, look, we're chartering back, which is fine. We'll probably get back, I don't know, 2, 3 in the morning, whatever. And we got a few days off. Yeah, hey, nice few gonna, days I, off. I, I can tell you right now, we're not doing the show Christmas Eve. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> Christmas, right? Now, Christmas Day, we're going to do a, a, like a four-hour special. No, I'm just kidding. Uh <laughs> But, you know, I got Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday off, so believe me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy it. But the problem is we're going to get back at 2, 3 in the morning and say, I'm going to be asleep till about 11. <laughs> I mean, after spending what, after the Thanksgiving thing where I was gone, what, eight, nine days? Yeah. I was actually home for about 11 hours after the Rutgers game and then left for the Cancun thing. So I was home for 11 hours. And I was told it was 10 hours too many. So, I mean, <laughs> we'll <laughs> I take a break. So. <laughs> we'll take a break back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right. Welcome back. Great to have you with us on the show today. Nothing like uh, going by the digital media office and watching the individual in there bop and weave to that uh, song we just played, that bump. He loves bumps that have some beat to it. 
Oh, stop laughing, Catrillo. Come on. Okay, so here right now it's 28 degrees. The real feel is 8. <laughs> what is it What is it in uh, Sunbury up in the mountain there? Uh, it's pretty much close to the same. Oh, my goodness. It's very, very windy. The wind is making it colder than what, what it really is. <laughs> oh, no kidding. That's what it, And that's the difference. It's 28 degrees, but the real feel is 8. Now, in, in Dick Girardi's neighborhood, they would look over and go, brutal. <laughs> and it is brutal. Yeah. Out there. So, look, bundle up. Okay, bundle up. Or just build a fire and... Yeah, we've got the wood stove going right now. I already, I already looked over Kathy. I said, I said, "We are ordering out tonight. I don't care if it's delivered. I don't care who does what." I said, "There's no cooking done. We're just gonna, we're just gonna have dinner by the wood stove tonight. It's cold, man." Although I did see an Iraqi weather forecast for Sunday, we're actually gonna warm up to 61. Although it's supposed to rain, but we warm up to almost the 60s again. Yeah, well, that's why I went out. I went out and did what I had to do today. I was like, the heck with this, because I knew it was going to rain. Like, all right, well, it's going to rain, so we're going to we're going to get everything done now. Well, now I got a clean yard. And I got sick of looking out at that minefield of leaves out there. You know, I got a big oak tree, and like, so we got to take care of this. You know, so I got got just took care of it. Ah. <sighs> You sure there's not a game on Wednesday? <laughs> I I am sure. I, I have triple checked the max preps schedule. Can we and tell December seventh the is the opening game? Can we tell them the party's at eight? <laughs> what? Look, okay. I'm just thinking of everybody. <laughs> hey, talk to Roger. Oh, I mean, look, I mean. He gets up on the on the table with the lampshade. I mean, come on, Matt. It's just it's after a while the act wears thin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, the college football playoff. The rankings: Oklahoma five, Ohio State six. Now I know Ohio State was trying to go from ten up, so they jumped four from ten to six. I got it. Oklahoma didn't have to go as far. Got that as well. The problem is the problem I have with is this: Ohio State does not have a great defense. They're good, but they're not a great defense. Yet name for me one Oklahoma defensive player that would start for Ohio State defensively. Name me any Oklahoma player that would start for Ohio State's defense. You can't name any. You can't name any Oklahoma. I mean, they are so poor defensively. They have given up 40 or more points in each of their last four games. That's championship-worthy? That's playoff-worthy? It's Big 12-worthy. <laughs> well, and, you know, and, and you, you get all the, these fraud excuses. I mean, and they are fraud excuses. Well, you know, they play four of the top uh, ten offenses. In the, uh, of course they do, because in the conference, nobody plays defense. So they've racked up gigantic numbers gigantic numbers in the Big 12 because those numbers are all racked up against bad defenses one after another I I found it very difficult to watch the West Virginia-Oklahoma game the other night I switched over to Washington-Washington State 
because I thought it was a better game. It looked like a, it looked like football, as opposed to watching a video game. I don't want to watch a video game. I want to watch a game. That's what, I mean to me. It's the, the Big Twelve in so many ways is unwatchable. It's just not fun to me. It's not a fun game. Now let's go back to the Rams and the uh, and the Chiefs game. Yeah, they ended up what fifty four fifty one. Does that sound right? Yeah, fifty four fifty one. Right, right. And the Rams won it, but there were three defensive touchdowns in the game. There were sacks. There were fumbles. There was there were interceptions. There actually were defensive plays made in the game that were significant. And plus, you don't see that every day in the NFL, regardless. So that's what made it fun sure. to watch. But at least there was some defense play in the game. You watch, you watch Oklahoma play West Virginia. Neither team knows any. First of all, there, neither team has a secondary. None. No secondary at all. And nobody can tackle. I'm not even sure they're blimp-worthy, let alone playoff-worthy, but right now they're in the five spot, and they control, I think, their own destiny based on what happens with the Texas game on Saturday at noon. Once again, Ohio State will know what they need to do because they're the last game of the day Saturday. Dave Jones, Patriot News tomorrow. Dave Ennett, the play-by-play voice and one of the best in the business of Northwestern football, will join us tomorrow as well. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf.